Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. We're so excited that you're here, Bruce. We're back at it. Episode what? We are. This is episode four, I believe. Wow. Yeah. It's, so it's been four weeks. Fourth one. Yeah, four, four uh, episodes so far. Um, obviously, this week, it's been a heavy week. Um, Certainly, yeah. A couple, a couple weeks, heavy couple weeks. Um, just over the last, you know, two to three weeks, there's been a lot of things that have happened and transpired. Um, you know, we, we released our podcast for last Friday, but we had recorded that, uh, actually the week prior to that. And since then there's been, there's been a lot of things that have happened that have been pretty tragic. A lot of things. And, and I mean, none of, none of this is surprised to you guys. I mean, unless you're living in a cave, which if you are, you probably won't be listening to this podcast. Indeed. Uh, indeed. indeed. But you know, you are, you're aware, you know, what are some of those things? Because you have this shooting in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. The Buffalo, New York grocery store, mm-hmm. uh, shooting, uh, which was so tragic. Um, a California church shooting, and then this this week there was the school shooting in Texas. Yeah. Um, also had this week the release of the uh, Southern Baptist Convention report about some of the abuse and, and yeah. sexual abuse that took place within the church, and it's just been a very heavy yeah. week. Of, of and, and and it's not just you don't just see that in the Southern you know the Southern Baptist Convention recently, like just just a few weeks ago too. Another instance went viral of. of a pastor who you know abused of a, of one of his member too. Yeah. So it's it's you know it's heavy stuff that are happening. Yeah. There's there's a lot of things that have taken place that um, I think further pronounce what Scripture tells us about the evil um, and just the, the depraved minds of of individuals in the world in which we live in. And mm-hmm. there's never an excuse for that within the church or outside the church. Um, that yeah. those things should not be acceptable and. And really, we should never come to a point of feeling like those things are okay, or we really never want to get to a point where we feel like, oh, yeah, I'm used to that yeah. when these kind of terrible things take place. Yeah. And, and yet, there are a lot of questions people have, you know, in particular coming out of some of these tragedies and some of these things that really can't be explained of, of why God allows these and, mm-hmm. and what God's doing in the yeah. midst of all this. No, absolutely. And it is heartbreaking too. Like you know, we 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 know that we live as Christians. You know, we know that we live in a broken world, and that is a reality of the world that we live in. But many times, I feel kind of distance. Sure, it doesn't feel like home. But then events like this, like this this events like the shootings, you hear about the abuse in the church. Yeah, it kind of reminds you and 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 put into display how depraved the world is sure and how at the same time how desperately the world needs the message of jesus right sure yeah i mean the bible talks about how we we live in a world that is defined by you know darkness because it's a sinful fallen world and that's where jesus calls his followers to be lights in that world of darkness um we're called to let our light shine before men that they may see our good deeds and glorify our father who is in heaven and so you know the the darker and darker the world seems to get by way of sin and the the selfishness and and all of the depravity that's on display the brighter the church the people of god should be shining as they are presenting and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and responding in a way that would honor God. So, yeah. uh, you know, coming out of all these things, there are a lot of questions on people's mm-hmm. minds. Um, you know, even as pastors, we've received questions from different people. We've noticed some things on social media where people are asking questions. And, and so we want to tackle a few of those questions yeah. today. Yeah. Um, we want to try to be practical and helpful uh, for the body of Christ, for church, and, and for those that not only are part of Maranatha Bible Church, but also uh, Christians yeah. um, from other churches, people 
people that are just asking questions during the midst of a lot of things that are happening. So we thought we'd tackle some of those today. Yeah. So yeah. Bruce, you know, starting with this one, I think this is a very uh, practical question or important question to ask. You know, it may not seem as heavy now that a lot of uh, families or a lot of students are coming out into summer break. But I know that, you know, you have um, how many daughters you have? Four. Four. Yeah, four daughters. So you're a father of four and all of them are in school. So, you know, f what is your thought process about, you know, what, is, what just happened in the school shooting, for example? Like, how do you go about it? What, 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 what is that your trust in? What is your encouragement for the parents that are now finding themselves wrestling with, with this situation, you know? Because, unfortunately, that is the world that we're living right now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, that's a question that I think a lot of people are wrestling with. And I saw, you know, a number of folks just on social media following um, all of the, the shootings that have recently taken place, asking those kind of questions of how do I, how do I drop my kid off for school? How do I respond and, and, you know, not basically be gripped by and live in fear. And, and certainly as a parent, um, as a dad uh, to my daughters and, you know, my wife uh, as a mom to them, you know, it, it's heartbreaking, tragic, something that no parent ever wants to even fathom or think about as far as the things that have taken place. But um, that is where really our faith uh, in, in the Lord and trust in the Lord uh, has to meet real life, um, where we have to trust in the Lord, uh, even with the life of our children, um, that our God who loves us, cares for us, our God who is good and gracious and loving, um, is, is of greater concern for our children than even we are as, as their parents. Yeah. And that's where our trust and faith in the Lord has to be steady, right, mm -hmm. and remain firm, that um, we have to trust in, in the plan of God and the will of God, uh, even over our own plans or our own will, um, and be willing uh, to, to, in action, show that by saying to the Lord, Lord, we trust you with our children. And I'm not yeah. equating send your kid to school is equating with trusting the Lord, but, yeah. but in our day-to-day -day living, you know, we could go, we could really go crazy as parents if we're constantly thinking about how we don't have the ability to shelter or care for our kids from any of the evil that is in the world. Um, at some point, um, that that's going to be something that our, our children are going to come face to face with as far as the evil that is in the world, sin that is in the world, and, and all that comes with that. So um, I think as a believer, one of the things that, that I have to con constantly remind myself is, again, of the Lord's uh, character, that He is good and gracious and caring and kind, that our God is altogether right and just in what He does, and that He can be trusted, yeah. and that we, we should trust Him, and we should desire uh, for him to be the one that's in control. He is, and he's the best at it. And so as a parent, as a follower of Christ, I have to remind myself regularly that that the Lord can be trusted. Yeah, and if I can add to that, Bruce, you know, uh, we're not, you know, it's, you may be watching or listening and think to yourself, of course, they'll go there. They'll go to the trust in God. Like, that's yeah. the simple answer to everything, you know, that's the Christian answer to any big, big question. It all goes back to trusting, but that yeah. is the reality, right? You know, it's, there's something about us as humans that when we go through something that is, or we see things happening in the world and and that are it's evil that we don't approve of, there's a tendency that it, 
in, in many times where we try to blame God for those things. Sure. That we look at God and we and we make Him the one accountable of those things. And, and in doing so, what we what what leads those things to do is that we walk away or we uh, try to go away from God. We try to disregard God, and that's not new. And you know, I have two passages that I want to share. One is in Jeremiah chapter two, verse thirteen. It talks about how uh, God is talking to the nation of Israel through the prophet Jeremiah. He's telling them, "Hey, the people, the people of Israel has done two evils. One, they have forsaken me, and two, they have started building up their own cisterns. Right? Yeah. Is that how he said? Cisterns. Cisterns. There you go. Not sisters, but cisterns. Yeah. There yeah. you go. And and the idea of here is that one, they forgot God, and two, they started doing this on their own on their own accord. And and how that is a tendency of us if we're not careful, where when we experience, when we see things that are happening, they, we have this urge to, okay, well, God allowed this, so He's at guilt. And two, uh, I'm gonna figure it out on my own, right? Yeah. And I love back to what you were saying of trusting God. What the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah twenty six three says, "You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord for the Lord God is an everlasting rock." Yeah. Yeah, the trust in our Lord and in our God, in the goodness of our God, in the holiness of God, that God is altogether right and just in all he does, um, is something that people too quickly want to dismiss, mm-hmm. right? And and I think you're right, people sometimes want to blame God for the things that happen and the evil that happens, and, and we have to understand where God is sovereignly in control of all things, um, the Word of God's very clear. You know, God is not the author of sin, nor does He sin. Um, and so when, whenever these kind of things happen to say, God did that, um, you know, obviously the sovereign hand of God allowed the things that took place to take place, but the, the actual doing of these things is at the hands of sinful men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it makes me think of Romans chapter 1, um, and I would encourage everybody listening uh, to read Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 32, um, and really get a look at what the Word of God explains is the, the heart and mindset of sinful man, and how God um, has revealed himself in creation, and that man is without excuse. They should know that there is a God, because God has revealed himself in creation so that man should be able to see. But listen to what Romans says. Paul said this in Romans chapter 1. I'm just going to read a few verses, starting in verse 28. It says, Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. They, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Mm-hmm. And so when you think of that list and you read those things that take place there, you know, Paul's reminding us that these sinful activities and sinful mindsets that men are living with and pursuing and participating in um, are the result of their rejection of God and their rejection of uh, acknowledgement of God. And, and we see that in the world we're living in today. I yeah. mean, another yeah. question that, that is circulating through social media is, is what should be the response of Christians to the idea of people saying, we don't want your thoughts and prayers. Yeah. You know, people are offering thoughts and prayers for, for the things that have taken place. And, and there's a lot of 
circulation on social media, in the news, on the part of like some very well-known people that are saying, hey, keep your, your thoughts and prayers, and they're saying some other harsh things about it, but um, in a kind way to say it, keep your thoughts and prayers. We don't want them. They do nothing, yeah. so quit saying that. Yeah. And, and people are asking, okay, as a Christian, how do I respond to that? Yeah, and, and, and that's a very tough question because the reality is that the, most of the people that are saying those things, and I will presume that the people that are saying those things are not Christians themselves. Yep. So they don't have an experience. They don't know the power that comes with prayer. They don't understand the value of prayer, of how we are putting things you know, before the Lord and sure. asking Him to to act on, on a way according to His will, right? They don't understand that, and to, for them to kind of say those things, it's more like too. Like I want to, I want to point out that it's probably a, a, a call to for action. Sure. Where they, where they, they're, they're saying there's they, in their hurt, their suffering, they may be trying to make an, a, uh, a statement where it's like, hey, enough with the prayer, and let's let's make some some actions, right? Sure. But us as Christians, we should know the importance of prayer. Yeah. We should know how prayer aligns us with God, how we can have a father that cares, that is listening, that that wants to, uh, you know, care for that, that wants to li- uh, go a- 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 around what we what we ask as long as it's on his will. Right. Yeah. And I think about like too. I think about like we so like prevalent right now in our culture where it says in Jeremiah nine, where it says. Everyone deceives his neighbor and no one speaks the truth. They have taught their tongues to speak lies. They weary themselves committing iniquity, iniquity, heaping oppression upon oppression and deceit upon deceit. They refuse to know me, declares the Lord. Yeah. And how, again, in that herd, they're refusing to acknowledge God. They, they Going back to that other verse in Jeremiah, it's like not only we're going to forsake God, let's do things on our own accord, right? Sure. And so that's why as us as Christians, we shouldn't go weary. I'm not saying go and immediately attack those people and say, you're wrong, like prayer is powerful, like you need to consume it. But we need to recognize as Christians and never lose hope of the fact that there is power in prayer, yeah. that prayer is essential. Yeah, and I, and I think a simple kind of statement to make or, or answer to the Christian that's saying, hey, listen, a lot of people are saying, keep your thoughts and prayers. How should we respond as Christians? I think a simple answer would just be, as a follower of Christ— um, you continue praying. <laughs> yeah. And and so I, I think that's the simple answer. In First Thessalonians 5, we're told to pray without ceasing, right? Yeah. And so the the opinions of men or the the um you know emotional responses oftentimes of men in regards to their disdain for prayer is not something that should cause the Christian to say, okay, I'll stop praying. No, we're called to pray. And so yeah. I would encourage Christians that are asking that question, hey, keep praying because we're called to pray. But as you mentioned, a lot of times that sentiment that's shared of keep your thoughts and prayers, what people are saying is that you know we want we want something else. We want action yeah. that's going to bring results and going to produce results that we want. And and so that's where I think again as believers, we have to with with care, love, kindness, gentleness, um, you know, seek to be uh, loving, caring, and kind, even to those that that the, would consider themselves enemies of ours as followers yeah. of Christ, because that's what we're called to do, even love our enemies, pray for those that would hurt you or that would use you. We're, we're called to pray for them and to love them. So uh, as a believer, 
thoughts and prayers may be something someone says they don't want. Um, and, you know, if we put ourselves in their shoes or try to understand their perspective, um, we can see why those that maybe don't trust in the Lord, don't know the Lord, don't believe in the Lord would say, what good are your prayers? Yeah. But as a follower of Christ, again, we understand and know what God's Word says, that the, 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 for the prayers of those that are righteous and seeking God's will are powerful and effective. And yeah. so we would encourage you as believers pray, you know, continue yeah. to pray and asking the Lord in the midst of all that's happening to be glorified, in the midst of all that's happening, that his name would be glorified and and that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news about Jesus Christ would be something that can be shared and that would transform lives as God has promised it will. Yeah. And, and I will say too, Bruce, before we move to a next question is, yep. I think to that, to their, to, to those people's credit that are saying those things, like keep your prayer to yourself, there also may be a, a sentiment where it's like, you know, when atrocity happens, all we see from Christians is to say, we are praying for you, yeah. but no action, you know? Sure. And, and I think that there is a, there, there's something that we also need to recognize that though as Christian, prayer is essential and highly important. We also have to take our responsibility to take actions in whatever way that we find. I mean, you think about the parable of the Good Samaritan. Sure. When he saw the guy beating up on the floor, the Good Samaritan didn't say, hey, my prayers are for you, all right? And see you later. Sure. See you tomorrow, right? He took actions. And so yeah. as you're listening and as you're interacting with people that may be saying those things and you know that there's ways of actions that you can take where you can be of a blessing, yeah. of a testimony, of an encouragement to them, you know, that's an opportunity that you have to go beyond just a prayer, right? Sure. Continue to pray. You should be praying, but also be attentive and intentional in finding ways where you can take some actions. Yeah. And I mean, look at the life of Jesus as an example, right? If we if we look at the life of Christ throughout the New Testament scriptures, when Jesus is is doing his earthly ministry, Jesus was just the perfect example of someone who could speak truth um, unapologetically, right? He could speak truth, deliver the truth of God's Word, the truth of the gospel, of His purpose and reason for being here. Jesus could call out sin. Jesus could address, you know, very difficult sin matters with people, and at the same time, do it in a manner that he is demonstrating love and compassion um, and care for those that he was ministering to. And so, uh, listen, you know, Ecclesiastes talks about there's a time for everything. Uh, there's a time to, to rejoice, and there's a time to weep, and time to mourn. There's a time for life and a time for death. Um, as we navigate that as Christians, as followers of Christ, um, it's good to weep with those that weep, right? It's good to rejoice with those that rejoice. Um, to care for those that need care and to give compassion that need compassion. And doing that all under the umbrella of recognizing we're doing that as ambassadors of Christ yeah. and, and as those that want to speak truth in love and that we want to exalt and magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to share the good news concerning Christ. Uh, and at the same time, that's not only something we're doing in our words, but we're demonstrating in our actions yeah. as well. Yeah. Now, now, Bruce, not, you know, switching a little bit of gears here, um, you have the, the all that is coming out about the Southern Baptist Convention, and yep. then you know, in the news, or you've seen viral videos of churches where they their pastors are coming out and justifying sure. their actions, and you know, and then you hear what's going on. So, you know what what all of these things points out something clear, and is that the, that church is not a, a place that is. Uh, that you, that you will never find hurt. Like, sure. like 
in, even in church, people can find can be hurt. So, you know, maybe there's someone watching or listening that has been hurt by the church, yeah. especially by the leadership of the church, whether it's through abuse, sexual abuse, or, you know, uh, lead, like just in putting themselves as leader, domineering, you know, yeah. kind of like that. Like what encouragement can we, can we, do you have for them? Like what did you, you say to those things? Yeah. And it's, that's such a hard, um, a hard issue in the church today because there seems to be way too many cases right, of abuse on the part of pastors to their congregants and, and to those that are trusting them and that are under their care. And so um, this is why it is so important that we take God's Word and the qualifications that God's Word lays out for those that would desire to serve as as leaders, as elders within the ministry, as pastors within the ministry. It's also why it's so important as congregants, as members of the church, to measure what is being taught from your pastor or from your leader against the backdrop of God's word. Um, You know, Jesus talked about in John chapter 10 um, that he was the good shepherd, that Jesus Mm -hmm. is the good shepherd. And he talks about how the shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But he also talks about false shepherds. He talks about those that would uh, claim to be shepherds, but they're not. They're actually wolves. And unfortunately, that's, that's what is on display in much of what we see coming out of this report and about the abuse within the church. So one of the heartbreaking things I read as a pastor on social media sometimes is people say, this is why I no longer attend church. Yeah. Is because of of these kind of things. And and I understand how how folks that have been hurt or abused could think that way and have that mindset. I understand why. I can't say I understand them because I've not been through that, but I understand how someone could come to that conclusion. But here's the part that, that breaks my heart is that the reason um, that we as believers in Christ gather together as the church um, should not be based upon one particular human leader that, mm-hmm. is, that is in the pulpit, right? Yeah. Um, it's based upon the foundation of Christ. And so the Word of God you know, shares with us as followers of Jesus, we need the church. The church needs one another. Mm-hmm. The body of Christ needs one another. And so even if you have been someone who has, uh, you know, been under abuse within the church or someone who has had great heartache and pain caused from being in the church, um, you know, I would still encourage those individuals to be connected to a church body um, where the leadership is following the standard of God's Word, yeah. where other believers that are within that ministry can care and love you and and build you up. You know, the Bible's filled with all the one another's, yeah. you know, in Scripture, to care for one another, bear one another burdens, uh, pray for one another, love one another, confess your faults to one another. That cannot happen outside of what God's yeah. designed for the local church. Yeah. And, that, and I mean, that verse that we all quoted when we were coming out of COVID, like, do not forsake the, the yeah. gathering of the believers. Like, it, there's not a disclaimer where it says, unless you have been abused or you have suffered some hurt in the church, right? Sure. Uh, there is a special aspect of a, of being part of the community. It's part of the, our design. We're relational beings, right? Yeah. Uh, I think, too, Bruce, to that point, what was what's tough, too, is like as you, in our culture, a lot of pastors have come to a point, and, and, and you and I as pastors can be can, can fall into that if we're not careful, where we start to think of ourselves to be more than what we actually are. 
You know, we start yeah. thinking of ourselves like, who is anyone to question and then God's anointing, right? You may have <laughs> yeah. heard that before, yeah. right? Which is a which is a very unhealthy thing. Yeah, to, and to, out of context yeah. too. Like, yeah. like it's not what the parish is talking about. But nonetheless, yeah. like it's an attitude where, where if you're not careful as a leader of the church, you can think of yourself to be higher, better, Absolutely. more spiritual than individual. What the reality is, and this is the this is the truth. Like you and I, every pastor here in Maranatha, we are sinner just like anyone. And, sure. You know, we, we sin, we're in desperately need of, of God, God's grace, right? We need to come to his to him every day for, yeah. for, for forgiveness and also for mercy, for grace. And we this we, we are in the we're independent of him. Like we, we yeah. need to I don't know if that's how you say it. We're dependent. Dependent, on him. yeah, yeah not independent. We are dependent of, yeah. of him, right? Yeah. And so for for people for you for uh for a pastor to think that they're above their 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 uh, flock, if you want to go in the, in that terminology, yeah, it's a, it's it's absurd, you yeah. know. And I and I would say too, this is just something that it shouldn't have to be said, but I think it's important to say it. You know, pastors who would abuse their congregants in the way that they that is coming out, they've disqualified themselves from serving in that in that leadership role, right? Yeah. So there's no excuse for that. And um, you know, if you're ever in a situation where your pastoral leadership or the leaders within your church try to cover up or try to belittle or try to silence, um, you know, truth. Um, if there's abuse going on or they're trying to, you know, sweep that under the rug is, is what a lot of the reports coming out is. That's, that's a huge red flag and a reason uh, to seek out, um, you know, godly leadership to address that kind of problem that's happening within the ministry. And, and that's also a time where if your leaders are refusing accountability and refusing to follow the standard of God's word, that's not a healthy leadership to be under, right? Absolutely. And so we've regularly said from the pulpit at Maranatha, um, and it's not that we do everything right, and it's not that we're a perfect church. You know, Pastor Butch, our senior pastor, says regularly, we are not a perfect church. Yeah. We're a healthy church, but not a perfect church. Yeah. Um, but that's where we say regularly from the pulpit, if, if we are preaching or teaching anything that is contrary to what God's Word says, if anybody is exalting themselves in such a manner that, that their ego, pride, um, or desire to be known is, is um, put in competition with the Lord Jesus Christ, that is a terrible, dangerous, mm-hmm. sinful position for a leader to put himself into. Yeah. And, and so that needs to be called out, that needs to be addressed, and uh, that needs to stop. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, that's that has not always been something that has been addressed, and, yeah. and it needs to be. And we need to recognize sin is sin, and sin is serious, and sin always needs to be dealt with. Yeah, no matter who it is. No I mean, matter who it a, is. And in, in leaders, listen, like it or not, if you're a leader, um, if you are in a position of leadership, you are and should be held to a higher standard. Yeah. And, and when the standard of God's Word is broken, uh, when the biblical qualifications that are laid out for those that would serve in these roles are broken um, and they're disqualified from serving in those roles, then there needs to be action taken. Yeah, and I would even add to that, too, to, for the leaders that you need, we need to flip the script uh, as far as what we understand our, our role to be. Like, we should look at our role to be a blessing, a privilege for us to be used by God. Because yeah. the reality is, He doesn't need us at all. Yeah. I mean, you see the Old Testament, He used donkeys to yeah. speak, yeah. you know? Yeah. Some of you may say, no, don't, actually, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, I, was gonna, <laughs> I mean, we could keep rolling. But, with yeah, that, but. yeah. But I'll just say this is, you know, the re- reality that 
for us that are in a position of leadership, it is a privilege to serve God. It is a, a, a blessing to be that. And so it's not a, a, an attribute for us to think of, to think of ourselves to be higher or better yeah. or more important. And, and nonetheless, it's quite the opposite. It's for us to be grateful and, and, and bring thanksgiving to God because of what he has allowed us to do, right? Yeah. Uh, one closing thought from me, and then Bruce, one closing thought from you. Yeah. Uh, in light of everything that is going on this week and that I'm sure we're going to sadly continue to see throughout our time here in this broken world, I think that's something that is important for us to recognize is this words again by the prophet Jeremiah. He says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practice steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. There, there's a call there for us yeah. to understand and to know that God indeed is a God that brings love, justice, and righteousness. And we're told right there that he delights on these things. This is what yeah. he wants to do. Yeah, it's good thoughts. Um, you know, as we bring everything full circle back to even what we began with of, of the difficult couple weeks with some of the tragedies that have taken place, um, there's a lot of opinions on how to address and remedy um, the situations that have taken place and prevent things from future you know, difficulties and, and all that. And there's a lot of opinions. And, and much of the opinions that are being shared are political opinions, um, uh, political action that people want to take. And you know, we're not here to take sides politically or to talk about a political agenda. Um, what I would say is, is very clear according to God's Word, and I think Christians need to understand this and see this, is that for all of the evil and all of the things that are taking place around us, and that's what it is, it's evil, um, for all of the evil that is taking place, we have to remember um, that the only true answer to the sin and evil that is so prevalent in our world for the depravity of the minds of men in this world, the answer to that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's, that's the answer. And so no amount of political... Uh, change, laws, rules, security, no amount of, of accountability is going to ultimately stop evil from doing evil things, evil mm. men from doing evil things. But in Romans chapter 1, I already read some verses from later on in the chapter, Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, it says this, I am not ashamed of the gospel, Paul the apostle said this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, is life transforming. Mm -hmm. it, it takes a, an evil heart, an evil mind, set to do evil things, yeah. and transforms that heart and mind, and allows that individual to experience new life in Jesus Christ. Um, and the only answer for the depraved hearts and minds of men, for the sinfulness of man, and the evil that is in the world is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Independent of Jesus Christ transforming an individual's life, mm -hmm. evil men will always pursue and do evil things. Yeah. And that's the message that we're called to share, is there is life and forgiveness, and transformation available through a relationship with Jesus. That's why Jesus came. That's why God sent his son to be the savior of the world. And if we would believe in him and trust in him, there's forgiveness, there's new life, there's a new heart. 
and the Spirit of God would be within us. And so I, I think yeah. that as Christians, we can't lose sight of the fact that it is the gospel that changes lives. No amount of of political you know, um, change or, or anything else is going to change the hearts of man. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we have to trust in that. We have to share that. We have to live that. And, and as believers, I think um, that's where we take our comfort. Yeah. And and understand, as a believer in Jesus, we say this every Sunday, you know, good morning in Maranatha, um, Jesus is returning, yeah. and, and there's coming a day when all of the evil and all of the sin and all of the death and all of the, the chaos will come to a point of end, and, and that day's coming, yep. right? And we long for that day. We yeah. want that day. But until then, you know, we are called to be, to be in this world, but not of this world, and, and to share Christ. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, if you have questions, you yep. know, we want to say that uh, we, we would like to answer any questions that you may have. Maybe we said something that you want to inquire more. Uh, yeah. maybe you, uh, there are other topics out there that you would like us to discuss. If you do, there is a number that you can test and you can ask any questions. Uh, that number is three, three, six, three, 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 zero, three, three, zero, uh, three three one three uh, six four five three. Yeah, I'm gonna read it again just to make sure I have it right. All right, and then I'm gonna say it in Spanish because why not? Three three zero three three one six four five three. Let me read this as well. Three three zero three three one six four five three. En español tres tres cero tres tres uno seis cuatro cinco tres. There you go. All right. Yeah, I won't do that one. Um, we want to ask the question. We ask it every week, uh, and I hope that you'll truly consider this, in particular with everything that's going on in our world today. What is your life like beyond the pew? Yeah. I hope it's glorifying yeah. the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll see you guys next week. We'll see ya. Have a great one.